0: As a kid, I wanted to be Walt Disney. Now I am doing a lot of things.
1: Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. My guest today is Sophia Parsa. Sophia began her entrepreneurial journey by co-founding the tutoring app, Toot, and she now wears many hats, including the head of community at FabFitFun, co-founder of the Mountain Gate series, an angel investor, and a Forbes 30 under 30 co-chair. During the pandemic, she's recently co-founded two exciting ventures, Boxy Party and Golden Rice Company. Boxy Party delivers themed tablescapes while Golden Rice Company is a Persian food pop-up that was just listed on the Infatuation's best pop-ups in LA right now and received a glowing review by LA Times restaurant critic Bill Addison on his Instagram. So to start, I'm super interested in your most recent ventures, Boxy Party and Golden Rice Company, and I'm curious how these ideas came to you and your co-founder and what were the steps to make those ideas a reality?
0: Yeah, so I'll start with Boxy Party because it's fairly simple and then we can get into golden rice. Um, I started a dinner series called Mountain Gate um, and we were bringing entrepreneurs and uh, creators together for dinner and discussion. And at that time, um, you know, people could gather, no big deal. 100 people, 200 people, we were like packing venues and serving dinner. that uh, My mom was actually preparing with like course for help and uh, we would have these guest speakers come and it was incredible like a beautiful night and a night that we just can't have anymore today with the current climate so my co-founder and I sort of sat she's traditionally together she's traditionally um, an event planner and we were like she was like "Um, I don't have any work like (laughs) what do I do (laughs) you know all these events are falling apart and I had been thinking, you know, in the beginning of quarantine, I was very, very bored and I'd been going on really long walks. And on one of my walks, something sort of dawned on me because like a lot of my friends have been reaching out and saying, Hey Sophia, like can you help me, you know, design this sort of experience for uh, my friend's birthday or for an engagement party? Or, you know, people still want to celebrate and have like mini celebrations, whether it's 10 people or you know, a hundred people. Um today it was it was very minimized and so I was thinking there must be so many people in this world right now that are trying to celebrate these small milestones or large milestones and it's pretty lonely and so um you know our idea was like how do we reinvent the um, way people celebrate and the way party planning is done um and so we started boxy party which is an experiential kit Um, and we partner with brands whether they want to create like an experience with you know their colleagues and digitally uh, where we'll send a kit to each coworker's home and then um, or employees home and you know sort of design some sort of experience that way or is it you just want like a beautiful tablescape for 10 people because you're celebrating a bridal shower or you want to combine the two and do like part zoom part in person so that's how we just sort of decided how do we adapt to the current times and also, you know, provide value to people who don't know where to start when it comes to party planning. Um, and what's interesting about Mountain Gate is like it sort of gave me both my it, it sort of gave me both of the businesses that I started in quarantine. On the other end with Mountain Gate, I was basically running a restaurant. We were serving a hundred people dinner um, and hospitality has always been something, it was it's in me. Like my mom, you know, used to throw so many big parties and she always had hundreds of people over for dinner. And that's definitely like rolled into me and like my characteristics. So, um, you know, I looked at what my mom was doing with mountain gate and the food that she was preparing and the the response that people would give me. And we took the most popular dish at mountain gate, which is that traditional Persian tachin. We call it the original golden rice. We miniaturized it. So it used to serve a hundred. Now it serves like four people. Um, we boxed it up, you know, did some nice branding and packaging, and now we're selling
1: it. <laughs> so the at Mountain Gate, and I only asked because I, I didn't get a chance to go to one yet. It was big enough to serve a hundred people.
0: Yeah. It oh was my God. Giant, like it was one of those pots that you see like at your grandmother's house that you're like, what do you ever use that for? That's what yeah. it was like.
1: <laughs> my goodness, wow. And then, so with Golden Rice Company, how did that occur to you? And what were the steps to make that possible?
0: So again, beginning of quarantine, I was feeling a little like underwhelmed. Um, you know, I like to keep really busy and Mountain Gate had kind of kept me on my toes, gathering a hundred people, coordinating a panel, you know, that's a lot of work. And so when I sort of didn't have that anymore, I was thinking of what else could me and my mom do together, um, you know, Mountain Gate was definitely that thing that we were doing together. And, um, I was just like, people are looking for new options. People are looking for more experiences at home. We can't go out to dinner at the time, right? Restaurants were fully closed. And you were basically afraid to eat out. You were eating like, I don't know, whatever you're preparing at home. And as much as like, it's nice to cook at home. Sometimes it's nice to get a meal from outside. And Um, You know, takeout was great, but it was sort of like you saw the quality of food declining in the very beginning of um, COVID with like your favorite restaurant. It was very confusing. And so it's like, you know what? I I know that we could do this and we could do it well. And I think that this like idea of discovering something new in your city that's sort of pop-up-ish and like secretive is interesting. Um, And so we began.
1: Yeah. And I think it's awesome that not only have individuals adapted, but people in the hospitality space are starting to adapt too. And so the fact that you established the pop-up out of Bootsy Bellows and they're having other pop-ups too, like notably Carlos Cafe, which is another favorite yeah. created in quarantine of mine, the um, great sandwich pop-up there. So they're finding a way to utilize their space in a creative way that makes sense for the current time. How did that come to be between you, know, you and Bootsy Bellows and figuring out that that would be a great place to set up the pop-up?
0: Yeah, so uh, my best friend, Christy, she's, and we joke all the time. She's kind of like my PR publicist. She's like, just everyone knows her. Everyone loves her. She's wonderful. And um, her and Sienna Toll, uh, Ryan Toll's wife, uh, and Brian is one of the partners at Boosie Bellows, um, received a gift from Christy, which was one of my dishes, one of my golden rices. And this is when we did like our first 10 for people that we just wanted to try it. And uh, Brian had reached out to me and said it was some of the best he's ever had. And, you know, let's meet up and is there any way we can support you? We have, we have a lot of kitchens that are not being utilized right now, of course, unfortunately, but I think there's a silver lining, right? Like he's given us, and HWood Group has given us a platform to be able to, um, you know, let these stories be told when like Bill Addison or like an infatuation finds us. It's because we have the ability to make and produce that much right we started out of our kitchen and it was like we could only do I mean we were doing like 50 out of my kitchen which was kind of crazy but it was not scalable it was a disaster zone in many ways because it was just tight quarters but um, you know with the Bootsy kitchen it's just changed the game for us
1: and how did you decide specifically on tatching and and go about crafting the menu you have because you have tatching you have dishes like mastochiar. how do you how do you decide like okay this is the menu we're going to roll out to start
0: it's the menu we had at mountain gate
1: like <laughs> oh, okay you Fair. know i
0: so my mom is she's just always been super great at making tatty specifically like she just gets it she never really burns it i mean some now that we make like lot at a time. Sometimes you get to burn one and yeah. we don't serve it. But, you know, it's like rare for her to burn a taddee. She um, makes tatchins so well, in my opinion, I'm biased. But, um, and it's a difficult dish to make, right? So, yeah. we were like, what's something that, you know, first of all, feels like a full meal. Um, taddy is great, it's rice, but you need like proteins and, you know, sides, etc. What feels like if you just purchased that is full. So, we went with patching yeah. um, our original golden rice and we just said okay we'll add a protein salmon chicken or eggplant or plain and then um mas duchiyar, everyone knows patching tastes really good with moss it's made with yogurt moss is yogurt in farsi um and you know this um the golden chopped um which is a traditional salad shirazi um the citrus element really pairs really nicely again with patching so we're just thinking about what are the dishes that pair well? What are things that we can produce at scale um, and still maintain quality? Um, so yeah, like the dishes that you're seeing, the hummus, the chops, the moss we're trying to like change up the names and make them a bit more approachable <laughs> um, are, are dishes that we used to make and they work.
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly. And <laughs> it's, it's awesome that you had basically like a testing lab with mountain gate to, yeah. to see that, Oh, that people love this. And I'm curious, you do have, you, you have experience in hospitality though. I imagine starting a new business always has its own surprises. Have there been any unexpected surprises for you with starting golden rice company and how have you navigated them?
0: Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, to start, there's nothing like starting a restaurant business. I truly have done a lot and I've started up many different types of concepts. Nothing is harder than a restaurant. People are not joking. Um, People take their food very seriously. And now I have so much sympathy for restaurants and waitresses and cooks and chefs, like uh, the power to all of them. It's an incredible um, role. Um, I'd say for us, you know, we started, we didn't expect to scale so quickly. And so we started taking orders on Instagram. We still are taking orders on Instagram. And I'm really trying hard to switch off We're in the process of building our website. But, um, I think just like the amount of error that is made and that we have to figure out at the last, we're always on our toes, right? Like we're manually inputting these orders into sheets and there's room for a lot of error. And so often we'll get someone at the door and they'll be like, Hey, I'm here for my order. And I'm like, huh <laughs> you know who are you but like Pete right. nickel yeah, yeah yeah like let me go you know let me go grab your order and I'm like Wah! like where is this and with taddy or tachi as you may know um it takes 45 minutes to prepare and so yeah. you know there's really no room for error otherwise you have your person at the front waiting for 45 minutes but you know we've, we've come up with different ways internally on how to solve for that so it's good
1: yeah. And I just saw that you are going to be launching an offshoot of GRC called GRC Takeaway that's going to focus on kebabs. And I'm wondering, how did you decide that's something you want to explore? And how do you decide that's something that'll have its own branding, have its own pickup, and will be separate from the Golden Rice Company menu?
0: So I met someone in the process of building Golden Rice. Um, his name's Samir. And he used to do all of the catering for FabFitFun and he came to pick up a golden rice one day and he said hey like I saw on Instagram that you work at FabFitFun like I used to run Market. Market is um, you know catering business that I really loved at FabFitFun. We had two catering businesses one that I didn't love to have but one that I was always ready to have and that was Market and you know he was doing a lot of corporate and um, that sort of of course in quarantine fell apart. And he said, if there's anything, you know, that you think we could do together, let me know. And I don't think I was ready to bring someone onto golden rice specifically because it's, um, you know, it it was early family run business and I didn't want to throw him into the fuel on that one. But um, I was thinking about, you know, what else can we do with golden rice? And kabob was something that came to me. It's just like another one of those areas that my mom has great recipes, but I didn't want to like, you know, my mom. My mom. I don't want to throw her into the fire either, with like a ton of new businesses, and you know, right. you know, make her like help me with all these recipes. So I went over to his place um, with my entire family. We tested his food, and we were like, "This is awesome!" Like, he's an incredible Persian chef, and um, it's hard to find like someone that feels like you, but is also like yeah. Persian, right? And and feels like right. authentically like to be my partner. He's like young, hip, also cooks really good Persian food. You know, uh, born and raised in LA, it felt perfect. Um, yeah. And so we, him and I, kept kind of saying, "What can we do together?" We came up with, "Let's let's throw like a old, like a traditional kebab concept that you would see like in Iran or something." I have no idea what yeah. that looks like, but my parents, you know, I guess would at some point. And um, yeah, so the reason why it's separate is a different partner, but also um, I didn't. I wasn't sure, you know, golden rice feels like a bit more of like a, a meal that you have at a dinner party with friends. Don't get me wrong. You can go have it in the park. But I wanted sure. this to be something that was like not delivery, pick up, just go to the parking lot type situation, grab your food yeah. and go. Awesome. And
1: something I, I, re- I want to say I really like about how you've started Golden Rice Company is I think r- in the past few years, we've seen restaurants start to incorporate crispy rice and i think for mainstream diners and and critics it's like oh my god wow what is this thing but maybe for you know my friends and i it's like oh people are just catching on to this awesome dish that we've grown up with and it's nice that they're opening their eyes to it but i'm like this is this thing you just had and wrote a glowing review about it's good but like my mom's is much better so i think it's awesome that you realize that and are like hey, we could, we could deliver something that makes us happy, makes other people happy. Why not? I know. I franchise really model special. too,
0: right? Like we just get all the moms exactly. involved.
1: <laughs> yeah. So right now at this stage, your mom is the, is she the one who's preparing all the tachings?
0: She oversees everything. So now at this stage, we do have yeah. cook. Um, yeah. and you know, our cook again, he came, his name's Andreas. He's incredible. He's so fast. Um, he came from Samir as well. And, um, you know, so it's all for me, it's all about like collaborating and yes, like my mom definitely needed to do it in the beginning half because it's her recipe yeah. and listen, like tatting and touching is not an easy thing to make. Otherwise you'd no. see everyone do it. <laughs> you know, I, right. I think so at least like, even you know, when you go to a Persian restaurant, it's rare to find even Teddy. Like it's, you know, you can only make so much of it and, if while they still have it, you get it and then it's gone. Right. And there's no more for right. the day. So my mom in the beginning, but my mom can't do it forever. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what was that process like in terms of imparting the recipe onto a cook? Was it like, we're going to have one session take notes or what, what does it look like?
0: I mean, if you, I, he's a miracle he's really godsend because As you know, getting any sort of recipe from a Persian mom, I I, I don't know if you know this, I don't know why. (laughs) But um, it's difficult. Like getting exact measurements is very hard. My mom cooks and measures with her eyes, truly. I've had so many arguments with her about, so how much? And it's just not, it's not a thing. He just jumped in. Like he jumped right in. He was just watching her and he picked it up. like.
1: A true chef, a true true chef. That's awesome! Wow. And then with Boxy Party, that's a that's a different kind of creative energy that you're tapping into. People are coming into you with a vision for their events. What does that look like between you and your your partner when somebody's approaching you has an idea for an event? What are the thoughts going through your mind from that, and then working on the box? What's that like?
0: That's my favorite. Um, I. I have always loved to throw a party and like taking a concept. That's just like an idea and, and bringing that to real life is just like the greatest joy of my life. And, um, I, so for me, like the first concept is like, what is their vision? What do they love? And what do they don't like from there? I just go into like Pinterest mode, Amazon mode, like, Googling, Instagram, I'm all over social media and I'm just going through like, what are my ideas, but what are other people doing with those things? And then, you know, when you start to see different sort of concepts that other people create, then like things start to spark for you. So for me, between, you know, my own mind, Pinterest, um, Amazon, Google, Instagram, you just, there's so many options in creating the perfect mood board. So we go into the mood board phase, my co-founder is a proposal whiz. I don't love to put together a proposal. I'm just like, here are all my ideas now. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, so she's very, very organized in the sense that she's just like been doing event planning for years. And um, and so she'll, she'll, of course, definitely help with all the concepts. It's like her true talent, but also like take that proposal and vision board to the next level, deliver it to the client. And then we go from there. And that's really when um we do more hands-on approach with the box because a lot of people actually ask us to yeah. you know actually design their physical event that's gonna be for 10 people, and then we build boxes sure. for like goodie bags or to send off for Zoom for the box element. It's always like, you know, for example, we did um the sew house drive-in in downtown LA, and we created a grease boxy, and uh Yeah, Greece is just such an epic movie. There's so much we can play with. So we were like, you know, what are elements? You're in your car, you see a lot of people, but you want to feel like united in some way, right? You can't see, you can't go near them, but you want to feel like connected to them. So we threw pom poms in for everyone to sort of like, you know, wave. Um, we had whistles and, um, you know, retro candy, retro popcorn bags. It was just, I don't know, perfect. I, I can nerd out about like boxing and kidding all day
1: that sounds awesome wow that sounds like an amazing event
0: it was great yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and then i mean i'm just curious because you do so many things and you have this ability to generate ideas go about transforming them into realities and then you're doing them all at a very high level too it's not like you're doing you're doing a bunch of things and and like popping in and out like no you're very very invested in many things and i'm curious like are there any routines or time management practices that you found helpful to you so you can bring good creative energy to all these projects you're in
0: i just want to do what i love you know i don't want to do what i what i don't enjoy and the truth is, is like i think when you really enjoy something you find the time for it um and so for me like it's a matter of like you know i work seven days a week so i really dedicate like Friday, Saturday to Boxy, I dedicate Sunday to Golden Rice, my evening to golden rice. Um, it's just knowing when it's appropriate to spend my time. As you know, I have a full time job at Fat Fit Fun. And so
1: yeah, right. you know,
0: I have to manage that and make sure that I'm at least performing there. And then whatever I can do afterwards is my prerogative. I can either go hang with friends or I can, you know, work on these ideas. But it's also like with the events planning business, it's interesting. You got to accept what you want to do. Right. And so right. I just won't accept anything that I don't want to do or I'm not like immediately interested in. And, um, luckily that hasn't been an issue so far, cause I just love to it as you can probably hear in my voice. i just love to do it. Um, yeah. but as far as time management goes, when I'm, when you're doing so much, like I am, I just find the best partners. So, I, you know, when you're introducing me, like co-founder, co-founder, I, I need the best partners in order to be doing all these things. Um. They know where my value lies and I know where their value lies and, you know, together we work well. And so for me, it's less about time management. It's more about who's on the other side of the project that um, I'm working on. And and can I lean on them when I need them? Because a lot of the times they do.
1: Yeah. And I think one of, one of the underrated things in starting a business today, especially is how you represent your project you know, branding wise and on social media. And from what I can tell you do a very compelling job of that across all your projects. And is that something that you had a background in? Or I'm just curious, like, how do you go about trying to figure out like, okay, this is going to be the right vision for this project. And then what are the steps you take to then see that vision through?
0: Yeah. So, well, with Boxy, you know, my co-founder, Alexa, is just, a Canva wizard. And so Boxy looks really good. Like she's very, very good at taking um, you know, pictures of things that we've done together, making these reels, like all these things that like I understand and can do, but she's just excellent at. Um, and then you know, she has um a friend James who's also been jumping on and helping us with photography. So people have just been so great and like wanting to help. Um, And so you know for boxy i'd say it's kind of a collaborated vision but for golden rice it was really like play with the word golden right like what mm-hmm. you know my tones are all like orange yellow um you look at the tatty and i'm like what does that remind me of oh it kind of reminds me of the sun you know like a nice daffron color is really like that like gorgeous like golden hour sunset and so i play with those tones um, and to me, it's just like, I'm, I'm an event planner. So aesthetic and design is really important to me. And, and like vision boards, is just something that I love. And so I'm always looking at my Instagram for those projects as a vision board. My personal Instagram is not that aesthetically pleasing. It's like colors are everywhere, <laughs> but when it comes to a brand, it's really easy to be like, yeah. this is the kind of photo you post. This is the kind of tone you post. This right. is your voice, you know? Um, and you kind of just have to pick it whatever that be, the tone, the voice, et cetera, and just stick with it. Whereas like when it's a person, a person is so dynamic in so many different ways and they have so many different groups of friends or, or you know, ways of being, things they enjoyed. So it's a little more difficult. I, I like commend, you know, your traditional influencer who can like really keep their personal feed so beautiful. But I guess, you know, they're creating a brand for themselves too. So they must do the same thing that I do with my brand. <laughs>
1: Right, right. And I think something that's that's fascinating to see is how it seems like each of your projects kind of complement another project you're working on. Even your day job, right? Like being a head of community at FabFitFun, that gives you skills that have helped you, it seems like, in some of these businesses. Could you talk a little bit about like how each of your projects kind of seem to feed off each other in a great way and give you the energy to do the other projects? Because something I've noticed from people who are, you know, doing all these different things is like the one of the only ways you can really do that is each project doesn't drain you. It kind of seems to energize you going into the next one. Has that been your experience as well?
0: Totally hundred percent. I mean, if I think about my role at FabFitFun, you know, I, the team at FabFitFun has taught me so much and, um, it started off with, you know, the co-founders of FabFitFun invested in my education technology startup there. Mike and Dan are like my mentors. Um, they always have been, you know, when I lost my dad, they were like the two, um, like male figures that came into my life that I, I ripped all my ideas with. Um, that was my dad growing up. Like my dad was definitely my entrepreneurial, um, mentor, right. Or like my, he was my influence. Um, and so that energy shifted towards them. Um, once I lost him and, you know, They and the team, again, has taught me so much about um, community and the importance of like building foundation and teamwork and uh, really acting like an owner, which is one of our um, mission statements Uh, at Faptive Fund. And so when I left my startup that they invested in and they saw the work that I did with Mountain Gate, um, at the time they happened to be hiring for a community role and jumped in there it's gonna be so fun i've never worked at a company like i've always done things for myself let me just go you know try that for a bit it's great it totally complements you know my skill sets as far as like community building went with mountain gate um and involved in the beginning to, to design meetups or physical meetups for our members um that unfortunately had put a hold on but you know again it, it goes back into like what i love to do with event planning and designing space for people um and then so on and so forth like then boxy came which is just again more of fat fun more of mountain gate and um, golden rice came about again like less of fat and fun maybe but more of mountain gate and again like the um the branding at fat fun is really good i think and yeah. Yeah. um you know they're very they tell a story and they do it through and through and you can see a post that you know, like that's a Fun post, at least for me. And a lot of right. what I've seen from their, you know, social, um, has been a direct influence on how I treat my social, um, for my two
1: brands. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into rapid fire questions, I want to touch on your background and, or your work as an angel investor. Yeah. How did you get into that? And what's that like, what's that been like for you?
0: awesome. Um, I, okay. So how it began, um, you know, again with mountain gate, um, I was seeing a lot of entrepreneurs come through the doors and people who were like the very beginning or much later stage. And I started connecting the dots for a lot of the people who attended our members. Um, so, you know, a member would come and say, I'm looking for a certain talent. I'm, you know, looking for angel investment. I need help like with my design. It's I just became a state. I became a person that knew many people with many different talents and I could connect those dots for them. Um, and that basically is what a really good investor does. You know, you help them find talent, you're a founding board, um, you're connecting them with other entrepreneurs that can help them. Um, and mountain gate really created a platform for me to be able to do that. Um, my partner in my investing, his name is Kevin, and um, he belongs to a really big fund in LA. And he approached me and said, you know, would you consider being a scout? Um, and so I was thrilled. And, um, I said, you know, at the end of, uh, my entrepreneurial journey, who knows, like I may want to be an event planner. I may want to be like an investor, right? <laughs> like a venture yeah. capitalist. So. Um, I, I took him up on the offer. It's like such an honor to work under him. He's such an incredible investor and so thoughtful. Um, and so with him, I was able to do, um, you know, about 13 startups over the course of the last two and a half years. And a few of them have really done super well. And some I've lost, but that's just the name of the game. Um, and again, losing those, you know, startups doesn't mean that's the end of my relationship with them. I'm still helping. A few of them, you know, figure out their next steps and and one got a job yesterday. I literally got a text and said, Hey, that person you introduced me to, they hired me. And so, you know, it's like, I believe in the people that I'm investing in and it's an ever long journey. I'm sure that that person will start something new. Um, and I want to be involved. And so, you know, I became a bit more comfortable to invest my own, um, capital. After taking the time with the fund that I was working with
1: and aside from believing that the person across from you is capable of doing great things. Is there anything in terms of pitches that you like to see? Is there any consistent element that's like, Oh, that's, that's really good. That's something that sparks my interest.
0: I just want to, okay. So to start, I'm investing at super, super early stage. So this is under like $10 million valuation, but really like I don't touch anything. Um, Uh, like over $7 million valuation. And unless it's like spectacular, Um, I look for two things. I look for uh, resilience, like someone who literally the world could fall apart on them and they'll figure it out. And if the world's against them, that's okay, right? Like then if they need to give up, it's all good. But um, like in this case with COVID, you know, I saw a few of my startups go down and that's quite fine. It's not, it's like, sometimes it's just out of your control. Um, so I look for resilience um, I look for someone who's personable because I want to enjoy having that conversation with them and as great as a company might be and as smart as a founder may be. If I feel like they rub me off the wrong way, they may do so with, you know, building a future team, making future business connections. So I stay away from that. And then I really just want to know that that person has really thought through everything right? Like I'll ask questions that are just so over and out there and I'm just waiting for their response. Like how quick are they on their feet? Because that's what it is every day you're putting out fires. Basically that's, that's being a CEO. Um, and yeah, so resilience, you know, quick on their feet, um, has sort of thought everything, a little bit of domain expertise is important to me. Like, you know, uh, one of my best performing portfolio companies is a company called Ping. previously. Um, Ryan, one of the co-founders, he was a lawyer. And, you know, so the fact that he built a company within that industry is important to me. But not only that, Ryan and I had a really great heart to heart. And it wasn't even about his business at that point. It was literally about, excuse me, our, just like the way we think and uh, the backgrounds that we grew up in. And, you know, I saw a lot of myself honestly in him and um yeah he's he's just doing a great job he's he's just an incredible founder and um you know, my co-founder and two actually ended up joining him as a, like a very high level engineer so
1: all in the fam that's so cool how you've connected, <laughs> connected all the dots that's so wonderful <laughs> that's so great and um now that we've gotten a master class in your serial entrepreneurship uh, we'll wind down with some fun little rapid fire questions. Firstly, what's an app that you can't live without?
0: Uh, Google Sheets.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Google Sheets is definitely an app that I can't live without. And uh, Pinterest. Those are like my two. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Who would you like to play you in a movie about your life?
0: What a great question. I was named after Sophia Lorenz. So I'm just going to go with her for like lack of thought in this one but um my mom was pregnant uh she was at a hair salon sitting next to sophia loren and uh sophia had asked her what she was going to name her child and my mom was going to go with stephanie which i'm love the name stephanie but it's not like i just don't look at myself and see stephanie um sophia said what about sophia and so that's where my name came from so maybe her
1: (laughs) so just so i understand Sophia Loren suggested to your mom in a hair salon yeah. that she name her daughter after herself.
0: Basically, <laughs> and I'm glad she did. That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. That's an awesome story. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one skill or ability, what would it be?
0: To be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm Where's like a true yeah. uh, like a true skill?
1: Sure. Yeah. True skill. Or it could be a superpower. We, we've entertained some of those as well.
0: Honestly, I I wish this gonna be funny, but to cook, like I'm not the best cook. And yeah, I started, I guess a restaurant pop-up business, but you know, the the true talent of like my cult, I joke, but it's true. My culinary partner is my mom. Right. And so it's definitely a skill that I'd like to work on. I think it's super important and just like something I have not spent enough time doing. (laughs)
1: Right and where's a place you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit
0: tokyo i just like number
1: one answer over here is it really yep
0: yep should i come for another one
1: no that's good that's good (laughs) tokyo is in the leaderboard it deserves it it's a cool city i've never been either but it's on my list too
0: yeah
1: and um we have a spotify playlist we make (laughs) where we ask a guest to contribute a song that they're jamming to to our playlist What's the song you're jamming to right now?
0: I uh, got a shout out to my girl, Dua Lipa. She like gets me through my day. Um, I jam out to basically all Dua Lipa songs. Um, and then outside of that, um, my boyfriend's a musician. So his name's Dallas K. So I do all of his like DJ stuff for, you know, the days that I need to like keep upbeat. Um, and then wow, wow is like the perfect music for me at the end of the day. Just to sort of like settle down and wind down. So.
1: So if you had to pick one song to contribute to oh our my playlist, my what? The, who do you want to support? Oh you
0: my get god. Your one song. One song? It's so hard for me. Do you see how many jobs I have? How do you want me to pick one? I song? know,
1: I know. <laughs>
0: um, I would probably say right now I'm loving India by Julipa. So let's go with that. Awesome.
1: Awesome. <laughs> is that already and on the playlist? Where can people? No, I don't think we have. We do have another song by Dua Lipa, but it's not that one. I think it's called Physical, if that's a song that she Oh, yeah, has. great song. I think that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Yeah. And then where can people learn more about you, the million projects you're involved in, and follow you on social media?
0: So I would just go to at Sophia Parsa, with the PH. Um, and everything that I do is sort of just linked in my bio. Uh, but of course, at Boxy Party, it's with two X's, um, at Golden Rice Co at drc takeaway at mountain gate the list goes. <laughs> just go to my profile nice. i guess
1: <laughs> yeah yeah go to go to her profile and then the bio will direct you to wherever you need away. to go. <laughs> yeah and then if you're curious about the podcast you can check us out on instagram at Pod or online at hdydpod.com. thank you so much sophia this has been awesome
0: thank you so nice to meet you